0: This is EdTech Weekly. I'm your host, Ricky Zager, and this is episode 65. Christy, unfortunately, won't be able to join us. She is busy, as I'm sure most of my teacher listeners probably are as we're coming up on the end of the year and getting into summer. So this is going to be a short one. We're just going to do the rundown, and that'll be it for this show. So let's get started with the EdTech News Rundown. The 74 reports that Edmodo was hacked and 77 million users' email addresses, usernames and hashed passwords were stolen. Now, Hashed passwords, for those who are unsure, are basically passwords that have been turned into another password, so to speak, using an algorithm. So they don't have your exact password but if they were to crack the algorithm, they would. So it would be a much better conversation, I know, if we had Matt here for sure. Uh, obviously, just having someone else to talk about it. But if you have an Edmodo account and you use the same username and or password frequently, then you should definitely change those accounts as soon as possible just to be sure. I'm definitely gonna make this a featured segment again soon on an upcoming show because this hacking thing is not going away. And you know, just be aware that I'll always just say use two-factor authentication and complex passwords whenever possible. Um, you know the edtech world is going to be getting hacked more and more as there are more and more things like this, and especially free accounts like in Moto, Seventy-seven million users—that's a lot. That's a lot, and I'm sure that's not active users. And it may be, but regardless of that, if you use that username and email uh, and password combination. Then it could be susceptible. So just to be safe, uh, let's make sure you change that. Our next story: Forbes explains how an tech entrepreneur got Go Noodle into 600,000 classrooms. Scott McWig is the founder or co-founder of Go Noodle, and he sat down for an interview with Robin Schulman. He and his partners saw the lack of physical activity in school as a problem, and they created Go Noodle to resolve that problem. It uses videos and games, uh, less than five minutes long generally, and it gets the students active and moving. Now, the interview goes into a lot of detail here, Um, so you can go ahead and check that out. I know this is something that Christy, I believe, I don't want to talk out of turn, but I believe Christy has actually spoke about this or something very similar, and I think it's a pretty cool thing to check out. Definitely go ahead and look at the interview. It looks at it from an entrepreneur's point of view, and I think maybe that could be important and useful for teachers as well. Alright, our next article, EdSurge, informs us that Intel hits the pause button on its EdTech accelerator. This comes strangely with another announcement that Intel Education is joining forces with a group that deals with government solutions and initiatives. And that combined force is to be known as the Public Sector Group. So if you did apply for this accelerator, you won't be getting Intel Education support, even if you did perhaps have the best proposal. Uh, it is a bit odd, I think, that they shut this down uh, a month after the fall application deadline. And I'm just guessing here, but my guess is that the public sector group will have had a more con- will probably be a more consistent revenue stream, with maybe less chaos and less man hours, and perhaps Intel felt that working with ed tech companies would be a conflict of interest. Now that they're partnered with the public sector. Uh, Again, that's just me guessing on this. But either way, it's a little bit odd. And I'm sure the startups who are hoping to get into this accelerator are going to be pretty disappointed when they hear about this. So, again, a change with Intel and the way they're doing things with EdTech and especially with some of their accelerators and their startups. So something to be aware of, certainly, if you applied Um, But also, you know, something to follow as we go along here with Intel, are they aligning more? It seems like they're aligning more with the public sector. So maybe they're going to be doing more things for schools on, on schools behalf. All right. Let's see the next one. EdTech Magazine reports that Microsoft has optimized OneNote's user interface to boost classroom accessibility, they say. They introduced a new interface that makes switching to and from different folders a much easier process. The structure is a lot more visibly appealing, and they mentioned that in early testing students have found it easier to stay on task than the previous version. Now, the good thing about OneNote is that it is accessible on multiple platforms and it's free, and this new update should be rolling out by the end of May, so if you don't have it yet, you probably will soon. I looked and I did not have this update yet, so I'm not able to really look into it any further, but I will say this. I'm not really sure that just making the folders a cleaner thing is def- necessarily what I would call accessibility. I guess it does help that, but I feel like it falls short in terms of, of true accessibility. So I think it's something to look into, but I, I've used OneNote, um, and one of the reasons that I went away from it, quite honestly, was that it was a little bit odd the way that the folder structure was, and, you know, if I had one for meetings and one for um, you know, uh, team meetings and one for faculty meetings that it was hard for me to sort of separate those in an easy way and, be, and keep track of them. So I think that's probably a good thing. All right. Well, that's the end of the rundown. And rather than try to go through a featured segment on my own, um, I'm just going to say, go ahead and email the show, edtechweekly at gmail.com. Once again, we have a couple people and I have not forgotten about you. We will be getting back with you for occasions just like this, where I need someone to step in and join us uh, so it's not me just doing this on my own. Um, once again, f- try to find us on social media. You can follow me at 4 Teachers, um, And don't forget, you can also follow Christy at Christy M. Warren and some other friends of the show I have up on the notes as well. And that's uh, Monica, who had that awesome book about... Um, different forms of assessment that you can use formative assessment uh, pretty cool stuff so that's at class tech tips so follow her as well all right well that's the end of the show and i'm excited about having christy back next week and we're going to do a little retrospective maybe that's the word maybe not but about her past um comments and some of the highlights of her on the show as we're near her 20th episode all right so we'll see you next time on edtech weekly